Ahoy hoy, everyone. Welcome to episode 131 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast, or our Halloween episode. Ooh. Ooh, Halloween. <laughs> My name is Pat. Today we're joined by Rick. Rick. And Chance. What it new? Uh, Zach is not here because he is in uh, rehab for his FIFA addiction. No, we're just covering for him. He is actually terrified because it's our Halloween episode, so he he's a coward. He's just not here. Yeah, he was afraid he he can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. it's a serious issue. He, he refuses to even leave the house in October. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows. Favorite video game store. Best Buy, because they had their uh, deal for so long that got me 20% off games. <laughs> R.I.P. Gamers Club. Chance? I guess I'd have to say uh, back when GameStop was good, um, <laughs> because, uh, you know, like I just, you know, I be at the midnight release and stuff, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of like, it's crazy the fact that like that would never exist again because you can just download the game and play it. That's never going to happen again. So... Yeah, it's been nice, but I really love like the mom and pop places where you can like go like look at old Dreamcast games and like they have old like PlayStation discs and everything like that. Physical media. Yeah. Play it, trade it. <laughs> uh, and Clintonville was like my go to. But there is one um, I recently moved um, and Lincoln's crossbow uh, prowess definitely helped us with the hunt. Um, <laughs> yes. I remember last podcast like that kid saved us. Um, but now I'm in a different town and there's like a little like, uh, like video games unlimited that I haven't been in yet, but like I looked at their Facebook posts and I like walked by a couple times and like looked in the window and I'm like, I really want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so far play it, trade it. That was my old local favorite. And then, uh, now I have a new one that I'm looking forward to. Nice. This week we'll be discussing horror game news, but first, what have you been playing? Chance? Uh, quickly, uh, I, I've just been playing the normal stuff like League of Legends. I have also been playing an app game called Marvel Snap. Um, I think Pat's also been playing as well. Oh, little... yeah. I'm addicted to it. What level are you? Uh, I'm still like the same. I haven't been on it in a, in, a, uh, in, a, in a second. So I'm still like 100 and maybe 20 or 30 or something like that. I am um, like 252, I think. So I don't. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, I, do you have? Do you have like all the cards right now, or like? No, there's way more levels to go. So I am, I'm two fifty nine, but you it goes like to the thousands. There's so many cards, uh, and oh so the way it works is, um, it is a card game, and you start off with like three cards in your hand, and uh, you'll draw one, and you have one energy per turn, and different cards cost different energy and they have power. Uh, then you have three different locations that are revealed over the course of the game, uh, over the course of the first three turns, actually. And each of the different locations have different effects. The cards have different effects. So the object of the game is to have to win by having the most power in two out of the three locations. That's how you win the game. But like it adds the randomness of the cards having effects and then the locations having effects and the locations are slowly revealed. So you, you could be like, I have the energy to play this card now, but 
there might be a better place to play it because there's more synergy with a location that might come up later. So it's kind of like adding another layer of strategy onto it. And I just, I'm addicted to it. I love it. I've actually spent money on it. I spent $14. Uh, I got the welcome bundle or whatever that included some gold and like uh, a Captain America variant and a couple of other things. And then I have bought the season pass for $10. So uh, this is officially the most I've ever spent in an app game. <laughs> what about you, Chance? Yeah, I mean, I'm not nearly as high leveled as you, but I have. Yeah, I've, uh, I think I bought like the welcoming thing as well. What's your uh, What's your build? What's your deck? Oh, you play my, oh, we're going into deck builds. Um, I uh, <laughs> I have like a uh, like a reveal with Odin as like the main. Yeah, Odin's one of them, and then I have um, what's her name? Uh, the Tigress girl lady uh, and Gamora. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. um, they all synergize really well together. And I, I have a lot I have like a, a reveal deck, which is kind of like it's kind of risky because you get to play like some of the a lot of them get powered up if you play them on an area that a, a, and your opponent plays a card. So like if you have a lot of and a lot of times if you play a card and your opponent plays somewhere else, then like your cards can come off a little weak. But if they play exactly where you expected them to play. Like your card, like, you know, you can put out a Groot and he'll be like, you know, a, a six power Groot for just three. Um, and then if you play him on somewhere where like reveals uh, go off twice, he turns into like even even larger. Yeah. Um. So like and then, you know, Rocket Raccoon and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I like I mean, I'm, I just I feel like I just don't have enough cards to really go crazy into deck but i mean you, you only have like what like 20 cards in a deck or something like yeah because it's only a uh, a six turn game and you know you only have like games take like what five minutes at most if if a person's taking really long to actually play a turn but overall yeah like they go like two to three minutes the highest level or the highest energy cost is six because it's a six turn uh game and like, yeah i have a couple of different decks i also have a reveal deck that i made um what's cool about the game is they do this thing with like featured locations so during the launch week the featured location was the reveal effects go twice so you could you saw everybody just kind of going hardcore on the reveal decks uh and then last week or like this week i guess was bar sinister that basically copies a card that you play at this location. So you saw a lot of people like changing from reveal decks to decks that had uh, more synergy for having the same type of card or like moving cards and stuff like that. So I like how the meta can change week to week depending on what like the featured location is. I think that's a pretty cool feature for this like type of game. But yeah, I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah, it's very, you, you know, you have to be very adaptive and, you know, the decks aren't really big. So it's not like you have to sit there and really think of hard on strategy. Like a lot of games like Hearthstone and Legends of Runeterra, those are a lot more like complex and um, like long lasting games. So like, you know, this game's a lot more, it's a lot simpler and easy to get into. And, you know, I just, it's a lot of fun. Um, and um, I'm yeah, also one of the games I... I'm ranked Platinum. You're ranked platinum, Jesus. You're really getting into this app game. Yeah, I mean, it's platinum is not even anywhere near. After platinum, I still have diamond, uh, vibranium, omega, galactic, and then infinite is the last one. So I'm I'm ranked 51 out of like 100 is the max. 
Yeah, I think I'm like number level 24 bronze. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a while, depending on how many games you win, you go up, and then if you lose, you go down. So there's a while where I was stuck at like 32 because I kept winning, and then I would. So you can do you if you play just a normal game, you'll you'll get two points for a ranked game, and you'll go up like two levels out of the 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 five or six out of the ten levels they have for each ranking or whatever. But you can snap. If you snap, that means you are betting that you are going to win. So instead of it ending with two rankings, you go up. It goes to four. And now if your opponent snaps as well, it goes to eight. So there was a time where I would like win a four, uh, one where I snapped. But then when I was winning, I snapped. They would retreat. So I wouldn't get the full amount and stuff. So it was, it's a kind of a slow process to get higher ranked. I would always like forget to snap too. So even if I, even yeah. though I feel like I've been winning a lot, I forget to snap. I could be going up four ranks or possibly eight, mm-hmm. but I only got two at a time. <laughs> Moving on from Marvel Snap, I've also been playing Cyberpunk 2077, and I can officially say that I have a hundred hours on that game, which is uh, a lot to some people. Some people are not really. I mean, that's like chump change, depending on who you are. I just, but like to me, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of hours in a game and. Uh, continue to play it, you know, making different builds and um, doing all the missions and just trying to, you know, collect all the iconic weapons and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. You know, I just love the environment of, you know, Night City. So, um, and then the other thing I've been playing that's kind of been new is the World of Warcraft Dragonflight pre-patch. Um, I ended up getting the expansion and and I've been there. The pre-patch, the official uh, expansion isn't out yet, but they come out with a patch that makes all the changes and like in a week or two, they're going to introduce the new class, which or the new race, which has the new class. And um, then, um, you know, the expansion will come out. And then after the expansion's out, they'll come out with the raids. So it's like all in different waves of how, you know, expansions come out. If anyone's familiar with, you know, MMOs and their expansions, um, they slowly release things at one at a time. Um, but uh, yeah, I got on and they have crazy uh you know skill trees now so like not only do you have a class you have a subclass and then within that subclass you can either differ even more depending on how you go on your tree um sounds like destiny and uh yeah and then they changed uh all the ui so you used to have to be able you used to have to like download third-party add-ons to modify wow and they're kind of i mean I wouldn't say they were cool with it, but they didn't really care, I guess. Like, they were, like, you know, they weren't going out of their way to, like, ban add-ons or anything. They essentially, you know, allowed it. And, but now they've updated the UI so well that, like, you can... you can, It pretty much makes a bunch of add-ons non-void. Kind of, like, why download them when the game does it, you know, better or just as good. And um, so that's huge um, for that. And um, so I've been playing that as well. Um and then, of course, Overwatch 2, I've also been playing that with some friends, uh, like Michael and Matt. We've been playing it a bunch online. Um, I finally got ranked. I think I'm only, like, silver, though. Um, Is it finally stable online? Like, you can get into a game pretty quickly and everything? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been like that for a little while. Um, yeah, I mean, literally, it was just the first, what, like, two weeks after the game was released? Two, two and a half weeks that it was literally horrible. Like, you had to wait in a 40,000 queue and... Um, like you'd get DC'd after playing a game or something. Um, and you couldn't get all your skins and stuff. You couldn't like, you know, combine your account and all that. There have all those issues are fixed now for them, at least for me. I feel like for most people that's probably the case. 
Um, but yeah, it was a really rough like two to three weeks for Overwatch 2, but everything's working perfectly now. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all I've been playing, a bunch of stuff. I uh, Typically, I'm pretty quick and easy in this, uh, you know, what have you been playing, but I had a bunch of things I've been playing, so. Um, Rick, what have you been playing? Um, other than what we're going to be talking about for the show, um, I have a couple weeks of... Uh back what have you been playing considering i missed last episode but let's just say power washing simulator and i started the witcher 3 again i would advise against that why there's supposed to be a next gen patch that comes out this year they, they're they still saying it's 2022 so i would hold off and you could play it 60 fps better lighting you know higher textures and all of that stuff will my save not carry over your save will carry over but i mean like you're playing okay, a lesser version Okay. I don't right. I don't care. It's not like my TV's that great, Pat. I mean, your TV goes up to 60 FPS, so trust me, like I have I've yet to beat this game and I own like four copies of it. I just want to finally say that I've beaten it. And this year has been a a year of games like beating games that I've never really beaten before that I've tried to play a lot. So I'm I'm really trying to get this one down considering it's not really been a great year for new releases. I mean, that's about to change here soon, but <laughs> anything else um I, i'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about all the other stuff so nope yeah and then same with me we're gonna like i'm playing a lot but we're gonna be talking about it in uh not so news so moving on to housekeeping we do have a code to give away this week uh it is the case of the golden idol on steam it's a game i talked about last week it is very good uh whoever gets this Look, like write us let us know what you think because i really enjoyed like the the three four hours i played with this game but it is uh a code for steam and it is six t three a k e eight h x g t t seven g x and that is the case of the golden idol on steam uh we do have some new dates uh, looks like Somerville got finally got a release date for November fifteenth, twenty twenty two. Is it Somerville or Somerville? Because I've just been saying Somerville because it's spelled S O M. But anyway, it is coming to Game Pass, PC, and Xbox One, uh, and Xbox Series X and S uh, on November fifteenth. Uh, if if you guys don't know what this is, this is uh, from Jump Ship. This is their first game. Jump Ship are formerly uh, Play Dead employees that kind of split off and formed their own studio. So this is very much in the vein of like Inside and Limbo and those like, you know, no dialogue platformer puzzle games that are very artistic and like tell a lot of the story through environment. 2D side scroller with the dog, like the couple and the dog. Yes. Yeah. This one is with the couple and the dog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there's an alien invasion and they're trying to save their family that dog is a hundred percent dying like we've already said this we predicted this when the first trailer came out but uh i'm i'm pretty excited for that so what's the news what's the news not slow news moving on to not slow news so not slow news is where we like to take the discuss the last few weeks of gaming news uh it's not super fast but it's not slow either um so let's talk about the recent impressions or our impressions with recent releases so starting with Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Now, Chance, you have been playing this. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? 
Um, well, I've played uh, the campaign early, as it lets you if you pre-order the game, a uh, week early, and I have beaten it. Um, it um, it's not a very long campaign, only it's episodic. Um, you go for mission, you go to a, do a mission, and then after that mission's over, you get like a a, a cutscene, and then you go back to the menu where you select the next mission. Mission. So there's no like hub, like in Cold War. It's not like a linear. Yeah, like it's not like a very prepared. seamless, uh, you know, single player experience. It's episodic. Um, and um, what I think about it, um, well, I'd like to give a more in depth review later, but I would say for now that graphically the game looks amazing in campaign. Um, they add some the even though you it's episodic it they do add um mechanics that make it interesting so it's not you're just running around with a gun shooting ai the whole time there are times when you have to uh you find yourself without your weaponry and you have to find wax and metal and tape and rope and craft you know some makeshift weapons to sneak past or to distract people to get to where you need to get or to, to where you need to go um and uh, there's just some crazy missions that have you like swinging upside down, jumping down, uh, you know, um, you know, walking down skyscrapers, um, you know, it's obviously it's modern warfare. So it's like small teams, you know, you have your sniper missions, you have your stealth missions, you have, um, you know, you're straight up just like crazy action packed, you know, missions. So. um. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot, and I do want to talk about it more in depth. But um, I like the campaign. It's just once again, like I said, it's not very seamless, and it is very military, you know, kind of characters. So you know, you don't really there isn't you don't really get like a, a you know you don't really feel for a lot of these characters. I mean, they're cool, they're badass, but they're you know like you don't really care about them that that much. Um, yeah, I mean, COD has always been like the action summer flick type of campaign where they go for like the big set pieces and not really character development or like emotional moments. So like that's, they're staying in their lane. Yeah. And seeing how they different, um, uh, this game is developed by different, um, you know, studios, like, you know, depending on what call of duty comes out, you know, it's kind of hard for them to keep a same cast of characters and then go to the next, you know what I mean? Like you'd mm -hmm. have to wait like several years to get back to the cast and you at that point you've already like forgotten or don't really care about them. You know what I mean? If they were to keep the same cast of characters in the next time they work on call of duty. So, um, but I don't know, maybe that, uh, might change now that you know, Microsoft owns, uh, Activision and blizzard now. So, well, I mean, the deal's um, still not gone through, but yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, apparently we may not go through it, make it vetoed or something, I guess <laughs> for monopoly, I guess we'll see. Um, and uh, multiplayer, I've been playing that. I think I'm only like level 30 right now. Um, and uh, I'm playing it and it's, uh, I mean, it's, I'm still trying to learn the maps. I'm still trying to unlock guns and all my attachments. So I, there's at times I'm having rough times and then, you know, it depends on who I'm playing with and who's on my team. You know how it is, how games work like that. You know, if your team's decent, you do really well. If your team's garbage, you die a bunch. And, um, and yeah, so, um. I'm going to continue to play that and I'll talk about that more in depth if, you know, when I do a re review. So you, uh, and then you mentioned, what? you mentioned that the graphics were really good on the campaign. Does that translate over yeah. to the multiplayer? Have you noticed that it like looks significantly better or is that still pretty much the same? Yeah, I'd say I, I would, well, I would say the graphics are really good. Uh, and, uh, and in multiplayer. 
Okay. Yeah, I would say it is. Um, I feel I definitely feel like cutscenes in the campaign are really good. Like those look amazing. Uh, the maps in the campaign are very detailed because obviously when those maps are made for the campaign, they're able to add more detail because it's like you're kind of it's a very linear, so it's easier for them to add more detail as you go through the the mission. But in multiplayer, you know, it's kind of like you know they just make a map and everything, and they you know you could go anywhere kind of thing. So I mean, I do I do think it. I would say the campaign maybe looks a little bit better graphically, but the multiplayer is still like right behind it. Like it's just almost just as good. Um, and uh, yeah, things look pretty good for, you know, that's one thing I would say Call of Duty, I feel like does really well is that they their game looks very realistic uh, graphic wise. But yeah, um, I guess that's all I'm going to have to say about Modern Warfare. How many gigs is it? Is it still like the 200 or whatever? I actually haven't checked. The funny thing is I actually haven't been hearing many reports. I remember the last Call of Duty, people I was seeing reports like, holy shit, look at Call of Duty. I maybe I don't know, maybe I don't really know how big it is. And maybe people were, you know, desensitized to it because like a lot of yeah, games like... have yeah, have become like really big recently. And so people are just like, you know, used to games being that big now. A uh, hundred GB of install size. Yeah. How much is that? Oh, the... Is that like normal? Yeah, oh, it might be a little less than, I think, yeah, I think the last one was like 150 or something, but yeah. looks like the disc only has 70 megabytes on it. So if you get the physical copy, that only has 70 and you still have to download 100 gigs. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing the game modes and I mean, they're a lot of fun um, and there's like cooperative game modes, which I want to play as well. Um, and I'll you know, talk about those in the review. Um, but yeah, and then when Warzone comes out, um, I don't really know. I'll probably give it a shot. I mean, it's free, so I'll, I'll give it a shot and play it. But like right now, you know, as everyone knows, my battle royale of choice is Apex Legends. Um, so um, I'll see how Warzone is and see, you know, if it's a big change from Warzone one. But um, yeah, that's called. I mean, uh, didn't you guys? Well, I know Pat played uh, the beta when it was out. Um, like, what yeah. did you think about it? I played the beta. It was like during the the free to play or whatever. I didn't pre order it or anything. It it was very much like Call of Duty, and uh, you know some people wanted just that. I'm like I I've played it enough that I know what it is. I don't need to to get it. I can wait till it eventually comes to Game Pass or you know the next Call of Duty or whatever. But I have my shooter as Halo. I'm still playing that periodically, so I don't need to at call of duty this year i'm I'm pretty sure rick thinks something similar yeah i'm kind of fine on taking this year off of call of duty and i did play some halo earlier this week just to test out my internet internet connection and uh i was not good at it it was a team effort it was capture the flag and i think i i did all right but nobody else cared so that and also like kind of my flooring guys like finished up like within the next five minutes. So I had to kind of actually leave the game early, but nobody else is pulling any weight. So, but yeah, I got Halo. It's on Game Pass and until Call of Duty's on Game Pass, I'll, I'll pass. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, I have played quite a bit of this. I think I'm like very close to the ending. Uh, I'm not sure how many chapters there are, but I'm on like 12 or 13. But I'm enjoying it a lot. It is like one of the the best looking games I've played this generation. They really went like high on the detail. It is Unreal Engine Five. Like environments, texture, lighting looks really good. Uh, if you are playing on console, 
it is if you are outputting a 60 hertz display it does only run at 30 fps uh but it runs like it looks beautifully uh if you have a 120 hertz like display and you're running the console at 120 hertz uh the game actually outputs at 40 hertz which is an interesting compromise because 40 is uh frame pacing wise 40 frames per second is halfway between 30 and 60 so even though it's only 10 frames uh difference it still feels a lot smoother when you're playing it on a 120 hertz display and the way they the the way they do that on the 120 hertz display is like 40 goes evenly into 120 but it won't go evenly into 60 so um it'll feel good it'll feel smooth but you'll still retain like the visual quality upgrade so if you have that option i would suggest doing that on console i myself am playing it on pc because it's also on game pass pc uh and i can you know it's the first game that is actually kind of like putting my rig through its paces and i had to turn down like some distance and shadows and uh texture quality a little bit to make it a stable like 60 to 70 uh hertz on 4k it is a little resolution scaling on there as well but again it looks amazing like one of the best looking games i've played this year and uh it is uh pretty good with vrr on my display so i'm i'm enjoying it a lot it is if you're not familiar with plague tale the first one came out i think 2017 or 2018 and it was a very much a uh kind of like a last of us in terms of gameplay you always have a buddy with you it is a lot of crafting sneaking around people uh you have very limited ammo uh enemies will kill you fairly quickly if they do have like helmets or anything so um you have to do a lot of sneaking and like getting past people in like sections where uh where you're in combat it's kind of like a puzzle where you can stealth through it and like you can kind of brute force it with combat, but it is definitely the harder way to do that if you go that route because you have such limited resources and stuff. Um, but it takes place in the uh, uh, Spanish the Spanish Inquisition uh, where the, there's also a rat plague going on uh, and these rats are like supernatural in terms of their ability to like devour people and things and cause a bunch of destruction uh you play as amicia uh and her brother hugo and you're kind of like protecting hugo after like amicia's father has died and like all of this stuff in the first game i don't want to spoil too much of it but you are basically the guardian of hugo and you're looking after him and uh he has this ability to control rats and it is slowly like killing him they call it the macula which is the uh, disease that he has that allows him to control rats, but it is also killing him. So the whole thing is you're trying to find a cure in this game. And, uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much of the story. It is, it is good. It's not like an amazing story so far. Um, I'm, I do like it. I'm enjoying playing it. Uh, but the, uh, the gameplay is mostly focused on stealth. Like I said, uh, they have made a lot of, uh, strides in terms of, improvements over the last one so in the last one there was a lot of auto fail states for stealth so if you were seen by a guard it would just go into a little mini cutscene where they're like get him or get her and like immediately you die and it would restart you to the uh the last checkpoint checkpoints are more frequent this time around if a guard does see you uh they will start 
going after you and if they like have a weapon or something they'll knock you down your screen will go red and that's kind of like your last chance you have the option to like hit them over the head or like stun them and then you can run away but if there's multiple guards they'll kill you pretty quickly um but it is nice to have that one option if you do fuck up in stealth like i do quite a bit um you, you kind of have that fail safe to like fall back on and then you keep doing it without losing too much progress uh, they have added a lot more puzzle things in terms of uh, combat because not only are you doing um, or puzzle things in terms of like navigation and stuff, not only are you facing humans um, and guards and stuff like that, but there are sections where these rats are all around you. The rats uh, will kill you if you are in a, a dark area, but if there's any source of light or fire or anything around you that prevents the the rats from getting you. So now it's a puzzle of figuring out how to, get from this side of the room you are to the other side you have a lot of like different alchemy and crafting thing that things that you can do and you can kind of combo in and out of uh you have certain abilities with uh whoever your companion is for different sections uh they do a good job of like kind of keeping that gameplay fresh and introducing new mechanics regularly that it feels pretty good um the game is overstaying its welcome just a tad bit uh, I am probably close to like 10 hours now and uh, it, it kind of feels like it's dragging at the end. Um, I didn't feel the same with the first one. The first one I felt was only like a six to seven hour experience and I'm already past that time. Uh, I think this would have done well to also be a six to seven experience, but they've, they've decided to go a little bit harder on it um, depending on how hard that ending hits maybe it'll be worth it. But as of right now, I do kind of feel the, you know, if this was a movie, I'd be checking my watch to be like, okay, how much, how much is left? Like how much time do I have? Uh, but otherwise I've been enjoying it. Has anyone else played Plague Tale? No, I played the first one a little bit and I I need to get back to it. Is that still on uh game pass or do they take that off? They took it off. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, the other annoying thing is there is no, recap at least that i know of uh, at the beginning of this game for the events of the last game so it kind of just thrusts you into it in the middle of it there is like a, a text thing kind of that pops up for a little bit but that's only when it's loading and like it like goes away it, like gives you the option to hit a as soon as you can and I, like just my brain is wired that way i just hit a so i didn't finish reading it but uh i think it would have done well to have a video recap uh, after playing a couple of hours, I did like, wait, is this a person from the last one or not? So I did go back and I watched one on YouTube, but if they had just put one in there, it would have been a little quality of life thing. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for a uh, Plague Tale Requiem. I will probably put a rating on it once I uh, finish it, which will probably be this next podcast coming up. Uh, All right. Next... Well, they did take it off a of game pass, but I do have it on Epic. Nice. Uh, next up, we have Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Uh, me and Rick both got codes for this from Ilphonic, so we have been playing it on uh, Xbox. Uh, Rick, what what have you thought of it so far? I'm not very good at it, but also um, yeah. we were able to communicate like as a like in our party, even though we were mm -hmm. on opposing sides. So a lot of times, Pat as the ghost would trick Rick, and then <laughs> Rick is there. Pat as the the uh, ghostbuster would trick rick as a ghost so yeah <laughs> he'd be like yeah come over here and i'm like okay cool and then that uh, <laughs> end up poorly but Slime. uh pat's record is great 
Rick's is not as great, but so far it's been it's been fun. What like a four v one? Yeah, three v one v one asymmetrical gameplay. So one person plays as ghost for Ghostbusters, but it also fills in bots if you don't have. Like you can play it all single player. You don't have to have people if you don't have friends. But if you do, you can play with other people. Um, it does have a lot more story elements than I thought it would. And they, they did have uh, Dan Aykroyd and... Uh, Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson and uh, Dan Aykroyd are returning, but they don't have anyone else, at least that I know of from the main movies so oh, far. Harold, Harold Remus is dead. I know, but there are other side characters in that universe. Um, Rick Moranis quit acting. Has he? Yeah. Quit acting when his wife died. Hmm. That's why he just kind of dropped off the map in the 90s. Hmm. I thought they're just like, we're not making any more Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies, so you don't, you don't have a job anymore. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, they do have like story elements, so you'll go on a mission and then there'll be a cutscene. Uh, they'll talk to you. You're kind of exploring the firehouse the rebuilding of the the Ghostbusters organization kind of like picks up right after Afterlife. So I'm assuming this is all canon now. And uh, it's really, I find it interesting. Um, I'm not sure how much of this will carry over into the next movie or whatever, but you start off, you can make your own character. They do have like a, it's not a super robust character creator, but I was able to make somebody that looked like me. Rick, you were able to make somebody that looked like you. So it is good enough and then you slowly earn more cosmetics and uh adjustments to your uh proton pack and your uh trap and all these different things you can earn the more you play the game but the premise is one person is a ghost they have four lives essentially to uh haunt this building or whatever uh i think museum brewery and there's i think another level which might just be like a house um but you, if as the ghost, you have to haunt the building, and you do that by possessing items, scaring people, uh, you know, sliming different things, and just attacking people, uh, Ghostbusters in general, and things like that. Uh, and if you are the Ghostbuster, you are trying to capture the ghost, obviously, um, and you do that with your proton pack. You throw out a trap. If you catch the ghost in a trap, there are four rifts. Uh, well, there's three rifts, so. Three or four? Like four? So, yeah, there's four rifts that the ghost can respawn in, essentially giving the ghost four extra lives. But if you find a rift without capturing the ghost, you can attack the rift, destroy it, and now the ghost is down a life. So matches take, like, maybe seven to ten minutes. Uh, The first time we played, it gave us a tutorial for how to be a Ghostbuster, and then we joined a match where it made me the ghost. And I'm like, I have no idea how to do any of this shit. Uh, but I did end up winning somehow. Uh, and the next match, haunt... I was a ghost and I had no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the ghost has like three different abilities that uh, they can do, which is based on like a cooldown. And they also have an energy meter, which is like their stamina, which they use to like, they have to manage that as they're doing abilities and stuff. So um, it's fun. I, I did enjoy playing both Ghostbuster and playing uh, as a ghost. I feel like with a ghost, you have a little bit more uh, freedom of like choice of what you want to do and like where you want to go. You have a lot more verticality because you're floating and stuff like that. 
with a Ghostbuster. You do have a grapple hook, but it's kind of like finicky in terms of where you can grapple hook. Um, but I do enjoy playing as both of them. Uh, I'm still getting the hang of throwing down a trap and then like hitting the pedal to open the trap as I'm proton uh, blasting the like tethering the ghost and pulling them into the trap. So that's, that's all going to be like muscle memory that I have to work on getting, but it's, it's a lot easier, I think to play as the ghost. Cause you don't have to worry about managing multiple different controls at the same time. I don't know. If, what are your thoughts on that, Rick? Yeah. Well, when, when you have, you're the ghostbusters, you have a team, um, which definitely helps. I just kind of wish I had the ghost tutorial before I played as the ghost. Yeah. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, that was really weird. And I'm not even I'm not even high enough level to have gotten the ghost tutorial yet cuz Pat got it and I did not get it yet. So it's like Yeah, God, man. I I got it after I had played as the ghost and we had played a couple more games at the bookstore and then it kind of went into the spirit realm and now you're playing as the ghost, you get the tutorial and then it adds like some story implications on there as well. Um I'm I'm intrigued to see how much of a story and how well they tell it in this like essentially a multiplayer game. Uh, if it's just going to be like a cutscene every so often you get back to the fire station or if they're actually doing, here's a special ghost encounter or something like that. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely going to keep playing it. Uh, I think this is definitely one of those games that is more fun with friends as opposed to just playing by yourself. Uh, it is $40. It is on everything. It does have cross play. You can link your Epic account. They're having some issues with that. Uh, when I was playing, like I went to go link, link my Epic account and it just put me in a forever loading screen. So hopefully that gets fixed here soon. Um, but they have promised to like update this game regularly. And uh, with it being Halloween, uh, hopefully they have some more DLC and stuff planned. Chance, are you interested in this at all? Um, no, I mean, I like, I like the Ghostbusters, so I already like the concept of the game. I mean, I've played a couple prop hunt kind of games. Yeah, so this um, isn't. This is a little bit more complex than the simple prop hunt, because you can like just hide, but that's not going to increase the the haunting meter. You have to actually go around, scare people, possess items, um, and like haunt the building in general. So it's not like you can just try and hide the entire time. Yeah, which makes the game you know more exciting yeah in my opinion like that you know a little bit more agency as the ghost yeah but uh yeah i mean it seems really cool seems really interesting i might check it out at some point but uh with all the games i've been playing yeah a lot of games have come out recently <laughs> there's a bunch of other games about to come out that are pretty great so i mean i'm gonna get to it at some point but we'll yeah we'll see and then rick you have been playing new tales from the borderlands tell us about that I have so far. It's keeping in spirit with the old tales from the Borderlands. Just new characters. It seems pretty fresh. And this run, I remember the last one you played is basically two characters off and on. Mm -hmm. This one, you actually, they had, they throw in a third for Flair. So that's pretty fun. Um, as far as the story goes, I'm not too sure how it ties in with Borderlands. I have Borderlands 3. I haven't played much of it. But you're basically in this city that has been recently been like attacked. Too sure what happened in the events of Borderlands 3 that would impact this story, or maybe it's just a standalone. Um, but yeah, one's an employee of Atlas, and she's up in space on a spaceship. Uh, things happen, and she gets fired. 
Um, and then down, similar. <laughs> and then down on planet side, there's her brother, who's kind of like a wheeler and dealer, trying to be, say, like an influencer, but um, just trying to be a entrepreneur, I believe. And then there's a frozen yogurt uh, sales lady whose shop was bought like pretty badly damaged, and she's waiting on insurance to come through, which I'm assuming in Borderlands world like it's not gonna happen so i'm excited to see how they i know the brother and sister are obviously tied up but since they're one's off planet and one's on planet and i'm excited to see how this all kind of uh ties in together uh so far gameplay is very similar humor is pretty similar there's been a couple times where they could have done i don't know like they could have just been a little bit better which is the comedic timing um but I think all in all, it's going to work. And yeah, I say I have I haven't gotten too far. I'm th- pretty sure I'm most of the way through episode one right now. And I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I haven't had like a fresh telltale game in a while. And this seems like right up my alley. Is it the same structure as the the original one? Like the five episodes each, like almost two hours. So far, long? that's what it seems like. Yep. Okay. Yep. I, I can't really tell mainly because I haven't really like selected any episodes. Or anything like that. When I did like save to quit, it said I was on like episode one, one point three. So I'm pretty sure it's the same style. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to try that out eventually. But uh, I, I've seen reviews that it does not quite live up to the original. That's gonna be hard to live up to the original. The original was yeah, great. Exactly. They've been kind of doing this with uh, other Telltale like games that have come out recently, like uh, Life is Strange. Uh, True Colors had all five episodes on the disc, so you could kind of marathon them. I ended up playing like one a night for like five nights. So I think that that works well as opposed to having a month or like however many weeks between episodes that they – I think there was multiple months when the original was coming out because Telltale was still work, working out their release schedule and everything. But it's nice to have everything available at your own pace. Uh, next up is Scorn. Uh, I've played just the briefest bit of this game, uh, also on Game Pass. Uh, it is a puzzle game where they don't really tell you much in terms of like story. Everything is going to be like stuff you pick up and like um, it starts off with like a cutscene where you are like having a flashback and then you wake up on this alien facility with all this like stuff hooked up to you. They've been clearly experimenting on you and like the objective of the game is to like figure out how to get out um so like the first section you have to like you you put you stick your hand into this like tube and this like key gets like stapled into your arm um and then you eventually come up to a door which leads to the next section but you need two keys to get past it so like the entire first area is to figure out how to get that second key um, and use it at the same time because it's going to be, you have to put them in two terminals that are far away from each other. And, uh, it kind of took me a little bit to kind of figure out what I had to do and like how the controls were working. And like, there's very minimal HUD, there's very minimal tutorial or instructions or anything. So I've just been kind of like experimenting and doing stuff. And eventually I got past that first puzzle, but it was in a very unexpected way, I think. And, uh, I was looking at the achievements and it like the way I did it 
there was an achievement to do it another way, which may have been harder, but it was like a, a better moral way to do it, I guess, which kind of makes me think is the whole game kind of based on this principle that like, here's a puzzle. Are you immediately drawn to the easy way to do it, which is going to cause like casualties and like, you know, result in like harm to like other people or other things as opposed to like you, or are you going to try and do it the harder way, which kind of like is the more moral way. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's almost like a saw movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where like, there are ways around the traps. I, I basically just got to that puzzle. So now I know there's another way around it. Um, but honestly, the thing that really pissed me off is like as soon as you start off, there's a door right in front of you with like a with almost like an acknowledgement there, but you can't access that door at all. So I kept like looking around trying to find things to access the store instead of just moving forward. So I wasted like probably ten minutes of my time being like, "Am I missing a button? What what's the button scheme?" Like that gave me no yeah, direction. It like, tells you nothing. So then I was like, "You know what? Fuck it." So I just started running through the level and then that's when I started like getting my hand implant and everything else. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that door. I'm not going to go back all the way back there. That's dumb. But it did <laughs> kind of consume me for like 10 minutes. I love the, I love the design. Yeah. I'm a big it's, fan. it's very like atmospheric and, uh, very HR Geiger. And like, I like the art design and everything. The aesthetic of the game. Yeah. Huge fan. Mm -hmm. But so far gameplay is just, uh substandard like i have it downloaded i'll get i'll go back to it i wish the walking speed was a little faster i don't know about yeah. you but yeah there's the next puzzle area you go to you kind of have to like backtrack a little bit to get past it and it's like okay i know what i have to do it's just this guy is kind of slow even if i'm running so like i don't know what's going on but yeah i don't know i have it on uh i like pinned it to my quick resume so every so often I'll go and I'll like try and like I'll get past the next whatever I'm trying to do, but it's going to be like a slow burn. I don't see myself like I don't think it's it's not gripping me in a way where I will sit down for an entire evening or something to play just scorn. Um, Chance, have you tried it out at all? Um, I have not. Are you interested? But in it? Like just like from what I hear from you guys, I haven't been hearing the the best of news. Yeah. Which is disappointing because this is like one of the, the first games that was like this is truly next gen. Like this is it's not on Xbox One or you know PS4 or anything. It's only current gen. But it's like I I see nothing here that's like it had to be on current gen. It's um, like why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I mean we'll may come come back to score and we'll keep you guys in the loop if we do but out of all the games that we just talked about i would say uh in my personal opinion try plague tale it's on game pass um and then yeah if you're a fan of borderlands or uh, tales from the borderlands new borderlands new tales from the borderlands is probably your best bet there and then obviously chance is pretty high on cod right now Moving on to our next not so news topic. Uh, what the fuck is going on at WB Games? So uh, Jamie Walker and Sefton Hill, 
have left Rocksteady. They announced this in a blog post on October 26th. They are co-founders and studio heads of Rocksteady, and they have made the decision to leave the developer at the end of 2022 with uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League nearly being completed. So uh, Sefton Hill has been game director for all of the Arkham games, and he has writing credits on most of them. And uh, Jamie Walker has been the studio director since its inception. So uh, a lot of high-profile leads leaving Rocksteady kind of makes you think, what's going on at Rocksteady? What's going on at WB Games? Is this an issue with the leadership? Is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League in a good spot? Rick, what are your immediate thoughts there? Honestly, I, 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 if you've listened to this podcast before, me and WB Games don't have a great history. Um, honestly, like ever since I was kind of disappointed by Arkham Knight, like it was all right, but doing Joker missions at the Batmobile, it's just so so. Um, yeah, they've they've had hits before, but lately it's just been kind of downhill. Um, I know Cyberpunk, which is I believe in itself a WB game. So it was published by WB in the United States, but it is CD Projekt Red who okay. developed it, and they published it elsewhere. Seem like things that they have touched have been kind of dirty. Um, a lot of but, delays with their recent games too. Hogwarts has been pushed back, God knows how many times so far. Uh, same with Gotham Knights. Um, Suicide Squad Justice League was supposed to come out this year. It also got delayed. Uh, Lego Star Wars got delayed. It was supposed to come out 2021, eventually came out. Um, or it was supposed to come out 2020, eventually came out 2021. So a lot of issues in terms of game development going on there. Um, I'm excited to see where these guys go and where they end up and what they end up doing. Just because they yeah. have done great work in the past. Like Rock Steady's uh, been solid. Yeah, and they're clearly talented. It seems there's a pattern with like these studio heads when stuff doesn't kind of like they lose freedom or they're not able to do what they want to do. They'll leave. They'll start their own studio. It'll be an indie. It'll get uh, you know some publisher deal where like you know maybe Microsoft or PlayStation or somebody will court them, give them a studio, give them the money to make a new game, and that game will hopefully do well. Uh, so I expect that to happen sometime soon. But I think there is definitely a leadership problem at WB Games. Obviously, the recent less than stellar reviews of Gotham Knights. Uh, there was rumors that that game has been restarted multiple times in its long development cycle because it's almost been a decade since WB Games Montreal has released a game. And with all that development time, it kind of just fell flat. Um Gotham Knights was first envisioned as a Damian Wayne game, uh, starring obviously Damian Wayne after the demise of uh, Bruce Wayne, and it, it was supposed to be set in the Arkham universe, and it was later moved to a games as service model, and then after the launch of Avengers, with all the the bad press that got, they kind of pivoted again during development. By by that time, it was too late. They kind of tried to remove the games as service elements, and it just ended up being a weird mishmash hybrid of it's not exactly an Arkham game. It's not exactly a games of service. It's somewhere in the middle, which they pissed off both audiences of those two genres. So um, not great reviews, not great performance. It's limited to 30 FPS on console, 
which we talked is similar to Plague Tale. At least Plague Tale gives you the option if you're if you have a 120 hertz monitor or a 120 hertz display to play it at 40 hertz, which does smooth the experience a little bit. But this Gotham Knights doesn't even give you that option. Uh, even on PC with the highest end software, people are having trouble maintaining uh, 60 FPS. So it's definitely an issue with uh, optimization and getting that game engine running well. So a lot of issues going on there. There's also reports of crunch and then um, workers being followed out to their car when developing Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Um, there's also reports in early 2020 of WB wanting to sell off their gaming division and then reports of them saying they don't want to sell and then reports saying they do want to sell again. And then again, that they don't want to sell. So a lot of flip flop WB has been bought by multiple different companies like time Warner. And then, uh, what is it? Discovery now. So like just change in leadership, not sure what's going on, who's really in charge. I'm sure we'll have to wait probably sometime next year until Jason Schreier comes out with the story to kind of break what the, uh, the air kind of air the dirty laundry after, uh, stuff has been settled a little bit. Um, are you guys confident in suicide squad kills the justice league at all? Yeah. Mainly because it seemed a little more developed than Gotham Knights was. I think I'd put my money on kill the justice league arriving before Gotham Knights just because we saw so many like like gameplay trailers and like like story trailers then we ever really saw much of Gotham Knights. So I think they're big into kind of announcing stuff and then getting it out the door and having it be incomplete, which is why I have no faith in uh, the Hogwarts game. Um, but it seems like Kill the Justice League has been marinating a little bit more. And I'm sure there's going to be some elements that are, they're just shitting the bed with, but. Um, yeah, um, I'm a little worried because it is Rocksteady not doing what Rocksteady is best at. Obviously, like we, this is not a uh, single player action game. This is now a co-op shooter. Uh, and it's like, is it set in the Arkham universe or is it not set in the Arkham universe? Are they going to kill Batman? Is Batman already dead because he was in Gotham Knight? I, I don't know. It's just a lot of a lot of stuff that I'm not like super confident in. And uh, if you kind of go back to the, uh, what was it? The DC Thunderdome or whatever they called it when they announced both Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League and Gotham Knights. Um, Chance, you were there. We were, we were watching it together live. It was mm -hmm. one of those things where... I was so excited before it happened. And then when they started showing gameplay and I saw damage <laughs> numbers and I saw games as service elements, I just completely got like so disappointed. And I don't think Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is going to be Rocksteady's best effort. So what are your thoughts on this chance? Yeah, I, mean, I kind of agree. Um what you're saying um, yeah it seems like we both dodged of, a bullet with gotham knights we both canceled our pre-orders yeah we both end up canceling um maybe what's on sale or something but yeah i do feel like after you know when you know the game was released a lot of people were saying it wasn't as good as they hoped it to be so yeah i kind of dodged the bullet um but i was very hyped for it i was like getting more and more excited for it and then once reviews and stuff started coming out and saying how the combat is really different and 
I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, it doesn't seem like it's that, uh, I think exactly what we thought. A lot of people are comparing like gameplay of that versus gameplay of Arkham Knight, which came out in 2015. And you could see like the art direction of, uh, Gotham city looked a lot better. There was a lot more like, uh, Gothic architecture. There was like, you know, cooler rain effects. And even though Gotham Knights is the newer game, it just kind of felt like, flat compared to you know arkham knight when you had it side by side so a lot of people were saying like the art direction isn't up to par they kind of fixed what wasn't broken in terms of the combat and uh a lot of the things i saw from reviews are like you can glide as batwoman but you have to earn the ability to glide you can't just start off gliding so they kind of took like what batman could do and they divided it up between four different characters which people are like it seems like you're just limiting my ability to play this game by like giving me like making me one fourth as badass as I was previously. So I think that was the yeah. biggest complaints that I saw. Yeah. It, w, WB games, get your shit together. All right. Topic of show. We're going to go into our spooky news, starting with the silent Hill transmission, uh, which was Konami's, press conference uh showcase whatever you want to call it focusing on just the silent hill property uh so they announced a silent hill 2 remake uh completely remake or complete remake uh in the unreal engine 5 um it's led by a bloober team and then uh mahashiri how do you say matt mashahiro ito uh game director of the original one is returning for creature design uh akira yama yamakoya is returning for music and then uh, based on statements made by bloober team ceo this game might be in the final stages of development so we did get a cinematic trailer it does seem like a, a ground up remake of uh silent hill 2 in the style of like resident evil 2 where they like add a lot of changes to the story quality of life improvements change it to a, a third person camera uh fog seems to be more the result of uh atmospheric as opposed to like technical limitations it is releasing on pc and ps5 and it will be a console exclusive for at least one year on the ps5 so rick you have said before silent hill 2 is one of your favorite games what are your thoughts I'm just really happy that they're finally listening to the fans after all this all this way and fi we're finally getting like a faithful remake. Uh the original one of the best games ever made in my personal opinion. There were some issues as far as camera angles which all kind of horror games had back in the you know late 90s early odds. Tank controls. Yeah, and controls, but honestly, one of the best parts about Silent Hill 2 is the fact that controls were terrible, like you couldn't aim very well. You know why? Because you weren't a fucking policeman. You're just some guy. So you'd have a lot better luck, like, hitting something with a 2x4 than you would, like, shooting it from afar. So it just made a lot it made a lot of sense. And even, like, the uh, creatures made a lot of sense for the story, as far as, like, what they represented. Um, I know... Even like the movie franchise kind of went off the rails and was like, oh, yeah, Pyramid Head. Like, we can just make him be this big, scary guy. And yeah, he's a big, scary guy, but there's also a lot of like symbolism and importance behind it. So I think with Bloober Team, this is in good hands. If it's in, you know, towards the final stages of development, I'm even more excited about it. I think 
this property is something that's very, I think, precious to not only me, but to a lot of gamers out there that um, I'm really excited to see what they do with it. I know, like, even if they fuck it up really big, I don't think it's going to tarnish the original too much. But if they're able to kind of do what they did with, like, Resident Evil 2 remake and just modernize it for, like, today's audience, modernize it, kind of get the kids hip onto what this game is. I think I think it'll be a hit. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Bloober team working on it as opposed to a Japanese developer? Honestly, I think I mentioned multiple times before, I would trust this franchise in the hands of Bloober team more than I feel like anybody else. Um, they've always played. They always made like kind of like the style of game. But this one's something special. I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, uh, I was a little bit higher on Medium than like the general reception was. I really like that game. Um, I also enjoy Layers of Fear. Uh, they're they're kind of doing the best they can with their budget. Hopefully, Konami gives them a bigger budget for this like AAA project, this return to the franchise. It, it seems like this is their opportunity to kind of like make it to uh, the big leagues, so to say, uh, in terms of a real AAA game where their uh, past games kind of seem a little bit more double-A, and that's nothing against them. I think that's like a budget issue, obviously, but they've done a lot with their double-A budget in their past games. So, yeah, I'm excited for this as well. I've never played Silent Hill 2. I do know the ending just because, you know, permeation in the general uh, sense. I've been a gamer my entire life, and that's that's a kind of more of like a, a a niche game but in terms of like like the sixth sense like even if you're not a fan of horror if you've never seen the sixth sense you probably know the ending i'm not going to spoil it in case you somehow don't but it, well, at I the think same Silent time there are like seven seven like, i think like six or seven different endings that you can get when you play the game oh it's so, Hill too yeah oh, like, like nice. most silent hill games so who knows? Maybe they'll they'll change the ending or something as well. So the one I know is not even relevant. So um, I'm excited for this. It kind of I would have liked to play this on Xbox, but I'll probably get on PC now. Or my game share? No, I guess I can't game share with Zach because he's he's a little scaredy cat. Um, but I can game share with Rick on Steam, so we can do that. <laughs> Chance, any uh, any thoughts on Silent Hill Two Remake? Um, not really, like, not any credi- credible <laughs> insight into it at all. I, I haven't really played a lot of the Silent Hill games really at all, so. Did um, this trailer do anything for you as someone new to the franchise? Like, did this pique your interest? Um, yeah, I mean, every time I, every time I think of Silent Hill, I just think of a movie. Um. <laughs> Which one? But, uh, <laughs> well, the one where, like, uh, well, like. Sean Bean know. or the the, the one with like one. I just remember the one like they're trying to run into the church and Pyramid Head grabs someone and rips their skin off their body. Yeah, that's um, uh that's the first one I think. Yeah, I I remember the first movie. I remember watching it because it came out like early two thousands. Um, I remember watching it and thinking this was this wasn't terrible. Um, I'm sure if I watch it now, I'd be like, what the fuck was going on back then? Um, but. There's there's more movie news coming up later on. 
So next up, we have Silent Hill Townfall. Uh, this is a new double-A spinoff of the series developed by No Code Studios and published by Annapurna Interactive. So those of you who may know them from Stray very recently, they're the publishers of Stray. So uh, No Code is the studio behind Observation, which I really enjoyed. Um, I think that was a 2019 game, uh, an indie, like, you know, you're uh, AI in space and you're like kind of controlling uh, the space station and you can move around and stuff. I think they did a really good job with that one. I have not played stories untold, but that is also like a, a good critis- critical reception for that game in terms of like a horror game that they developed. So they're working on this spinoff. We did get a short teaser with, uh, with a man who, to me, sounds like Alexander Sarsgaard, but I don't think they've confirmed who it is either way. Uh, but he is talking to someone about being in this place, which we probably think is Silent Hill, uh, to be punished. And then it's kind of zooming in on a portable television, and it's like flickering, and you get these like weird noises and like interference happening. Uh, interesting thing about this teaser is that Reddit Reddit user Milkman X extracted the trailer's audio file and then found a hidden message in the spectrogram. Uh, it is apparently, it, it apparently reads whatever heart this town had has now stopped. So, um, the Morse code in the thing also spells out SOS. So clearly they're kind of doing this a couple of layers deeper and like there may be even more hidden messages in this trailer. What, what do you think about this Rick? Honestly, I think it kind of hints at like a prequel, almost like how the town of Silent Hill became that Silent Hill, as well as like the, uh, it's kind of sounds cliche to say like the upside down and then like the real world, but you get a lot of those themes in Silent Hill. Like, honestly, I think they kind of did it as a way to reuse um, basically certain maps like okay cool like we already mapped out this entire area but let's just make it really fucking grungy and rusty and terrifying um so i'm kind of excited to see like this seems like that this could be kind of a more of an origin story yeah and uh they kind of have a little bit more freedom with it not being like a, a remake it could be their own thing and uh putting all these hidden messages in and stuff like that's kind of what you want to see in like a horror or a thriller game. So I'm excited to see what they can do. I really liked observation. So I wonder what type of game this is. I don't think this will be uh, a standard like third person action game or like survival horror. I think this will probably be like a, a different take on it. I'm not sure what exactly that could be, but obviously observation, you were an AI controlling an entire space station and you could go like change cameras to different rooms and stuff. So um, it'll be interesting Interesting to see what they do with this. Uh, does this do anything for you, Chance? I know you enjoyed Stray. Does the same publisher of Stray give you any sort of uh, assurance on this? You know, yeah, I'll have a look into it, but um, I'm at, I don't know if I'll be there day one. Um, next up, this is one of my like m- more intriguing announcements of this Silent Hill transmission. Uh, we have Silent Hill F. So this is another spinoff, and this will be set in 1960s Japan. Uh, the story is by uh, Ryu Kishi 07, who has done a bunch of like 
visual novels and kind of has like a cult following. Um, some of his visual novels include uh, Hai Garushi and uh, Yumienko. Uh, I probably butchered those names, but that's all you're going to get from me. Uh, the uh, creature and character design is by Kira. I don't know who Kira is, but clearly he or she or they are a big deal because they they just got the, the first name reveal, like Cher or whatever, going on in this trailer. It is produced by uh, Mot- Motoi Akamoto, and then it is developed by Neobards Entertainment. Uh, they are a relatively new indie developer, and they've worked on like Resident Evil Verse, Reverse, um, however you want to say it. And they have done a porting slash support on other titles, mostly horror titles. They've done like a couple of uh, the Resident Evil ports to Switch and stuff like that. Uh, this is going to be their first hint at a or their first a shot at like an like a an original game for themselves. So. It'll be uh, interesting to see what they do with this. The uh, cinematic trailer that we did get kind of had the the disclaimer, like this is not actual gameplay, uh, but it showed a woman walking through a foggy Japanese town. And then these like tendrils started coming off the plants as they were growing on like the, uh, the buildings and stuff. As she's inside in a corridor going like up a, a set of stairs, these t- tendrils slowly start like, encompassing her until they finally capture her and like she screams and then it cuts to the next shot and like we can see these like little tiny uh tendrils growing out of like these holes in her body uh eventually her face falls off because these tendrils are overtaking her body and then uh like literally her face falls off you see the insides and then flowers start appearing all over her body. So a very interesting take on like the juxtaposition of nature and beauty versus like the gore and like uh, the violence going on with like the deteriorating of the human body. What did you guys think of this? This was very clearly it set the mood for this game. I think. I think it's going to be very artistic. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, very Japanese. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Very distinct Japanese horror. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, it'll be a fresh take, and that's what I've been hoping for for this franchise for so long, because we've been kind of given subpar kind of cookie-cutter entries forever, probably ever since Silent Hill 4, so I'm really excited about this kind of breath of fresh air. Yeah, Chance, uh, did this trailer freak you out or anything? I mean... Silent Hill is like a, you know, like a legendary, you know, horror IP. Um, I mean, yeah, I thought it was pretty creepy. Um, and I think, uh, like, you know, like Rick and you say, I mean, it's a, a new take. So, um, you know, they can do all sorts of new things and they got a new environment and, um, you know, no one knows what to expect. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I this could be something really special i agree um next up we have one of the weirder announcements this is silent hill ascension it's an immersive project where participants around the world will control the characters in a new silent hill story so that isn't a much that isn't a lot of details but it sounds like it's basically a a twitch plays pokemon 
variant of Silent Hill where uh, they they, they kind of showed the, the trailer that they showed had a, or I guess the teaser they showed had like a, a chat, like a Twitch chat or whatever talking. Oh, is it after Amina? And then somebody replied like, this is our last chance. And then somebody else is like, run. And then it kind of like cut to black and like the chat having an influence on what's actually going on seems to be the theme that they're going for here. Um, this will be live in 2023. Uh, we're told that there's going to be no reset button. So outcomes are set and fans will have a chance to shape the silent Hill Canon, uh, forever. And this is a, uh, a project, which I think includes a bunch of different, uh, like video publishers. And then also I think bad robot, which is James or JJ Abrams company is also working on this. So, a little bit more cinematic in terms of uh, like you. I don't think it's going to be like a game for you to play or like boot up and just start. I think this will be like they're they're streaming it on Twitch at this time, and you have to tune in at this time, and like whatever you're doing is going to impact the game or the the story or whatever. What do you guys think of this? A very odd. Yeah, I mean, I knew experiment. it like. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. I mean, when you have Twitch, you know, vote, I guess, and decide or what to do. Um, like, it's just, of course, you know, when you have, like, a mass group of people, like, to, to, you know, finding out, you know, well, trying to direct how to play something. Obviously, some people may not be happy with the outcome as others and stuff like that or things of that nature. But, I mean, like, I don't know if maybe they'll allow you to play it again or something. Or whatever, like, um, I don't know how that's gonna work, but um, it might just like end start up being over. like a, a a video or a movie after the decisions have been made or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it it's interesting because it's like expanding the franchise to people who may be too scared to play the game but still want an interactive experience. So maybe like it kind of reminds me of Bandersnatch. You guys remember Bandersnatch? Yeah, so like Netflix is yep. like we're fully behind this. And then like none of these other games or like these interactive movies have come out that I know of, or like, you know, all of that, but it's interesting. I, I, I'll be excited to see what format or what, uh, shape this actually takes. But, um, I don't know, like a lot of these interactive experiences where they're trying to tell a meaningful story don't really work out too well. Cause you have to account for, different people doing different things like bandersnatch was okay it wasn't amazing or anything um so that's how i feel this seems like something like kojima pitched like years ago and then they just kind of sat on we're like oh like they have okay. a file of like him doing like oh shit we can <laughs> saw your ideas. Now. they yeah. just like bought him a couple rounds of beers and just kind of had a tape recorder and we're just like okay cool <laughs> but uh yeah it seems kind of like a a dumbed down version of some weird Kojima project. And I'm kind of for it. I'm excited to see what happens, especially if it's like a crowdsource story. Like, I don't think anything like this has ever really happened, especially if everybody can participate and kind of vote on stuff. I remember Twitch pays Pokemon. That was too much control to give to the internet. We saw that with Pokemon where it took people forever because people were just trolling in the chat. Like, up 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 release 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 or whatever and like just getting rid of pokemon and stuff so like i don't know yeah i feel like you're gonna end up with like everyone dead or like 
just a terrible ending because trolls are just taking over. But yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm, um, I'm just excited about everything on this podcast. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, uh, or perhaps least, we have uh, Return to Silent Hill. This will be the third movie in the series with uh, Christoph Gans returning, who was the director of the first movie. Uh, and it will follow the story of Silent Hill 2. So not only are we getting a remake for the game, we're also getting a movie based on the game. What do you think of this, Rick? Do you think we need both? I don't think we need both, but I'm excited to hopefully give the movies a little bit more redemption. Like the style, I'll, I'll give credit to Gans. Like the movies, the style was pretty spot on. It, it was nice. It was done well. Just the stories were lacking. And if they use the backbone of Silent Hill 2 as a story, I think that could work. I think it is kind of close in conjunction with the remake. Um, I don't know if that's going to pull off super well. I'm just scared they're going to kind of go off the rails a little bit with the story. And if they do, whatever, I have the remake. That'll keep me happy. But honestly, I think if <clears throat> they can make it as true as they can, video, video, a movie adaptation of Silent Hill 2, I think that'll be work out really well. I think it, it could be amazing or it could be a pile of dog shit. And maybe it'll be yeah. a nice moderate in the middle kind of pile of dog shit. Yeah, like uh, the only thing I really remember from the the movie, I haven't seen. I've only seen the first one, which was early two thousands, and I saw it at the time of release, so I haven't seen it since. So don't hold me to this if it's absolute shit. But I remember it being okay. I remember liking it and thinking, oh, it's not bad. Uh, I didn't see any of the other ones. Uh, I'm not sure how many there are. If it's like Resident Evil, there might be like eight at this point. Um, no, there's but, only two. Okay. Uh, well, I guess yeah, it's his third movie, so that makes sense. Um, but, uh, the thing that I remember is the scene where she's in the basement and then there's the nurses with the fucked up faces with, the the knives and they're slowly like creeping up and doing all these weird body movements and stuff. And that's very silent Hill aesthetic. So at least the director did a good, good enough job to like bring that to the screen. So, um, We'll, I'm sure we'll get more of that and more of the crazy like creature design and stuff in the in this one. Um, I am a little confused as to why they think they need to do the remake and a movie based on the remake. Like one of those should have been an original property, but uh, I guess they're just kind of playing it a little bit more safe. Chance, any thoughts on this? Are you, do you are you excited for a new movie? Yeah, I mean, why not? bring it like you know i like to see them have like a brand new uh just i don't know like i mean when was when was the last one uh i remember the first one being early 2000s so i'm assuming probably around the same time uh, it was like 2006 maybe i remember seeing yeah, it in I mean, theaters when i was in college it was 2006 and then uh the second one was in 2012 the first one had eddard stark and the second one had john snow Oh, did it really? <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I mean, that was like 10 years ago. So, yeah, like, you know, things have changed and it'd be cool to see, you know, a big high budget, you know, Silent Hill movie. I mean, the only thing I only really think it needs to be like super high budget. It just needs to be, you know, if it just has that, you know, Silent Hill, you know, t you know, taste to it, then you know, I think it'll do just fine. 
We got we got to trick Zach. We have to think like, oh Zach, we're gonna go see uh, Sonic I don't know. Three. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go see Sonic. We're gonna see My Little Pony Island Adventure, and um, you know, take him to Silent Hill the movie. Yeah, I mean, he's not gonna listen to this podcast, so he'll never know. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was pretty much everything from the Silent Hill transmission. I would say I'm most excited for Silent Hill F, uh, which is probably the furthest away because it doesn't even have a name. It's just F, which F might be flower, <laughs> but I think it's just a project title. Um, what about you guys? What do you think is most exciting? I would say uh, the remake of two is what I'm most excited about. And then after that, the movie version of two, I'm really excited to see how these things kind of, uh, are, are executed. And also the, uh, Annapurna project, I think would be a lot of fun. How about you chance? Um, I kind of like the Silent Hill Ascension. I remember, you know, when the Pokemon kind of blew up on Twitch, you know, everyone just playing together and like kind of the memories that were made of everyone, you know, it'd be kind of interesting for that, something similar for Silent Hill and, um, you know, people make decisions and go through by, you know, what they've made and just to see what they experience and stuff like that, you know, and kind of have to live with what the, what the choices that they, they picked. Um, and you know, that seems like really interesting to me. Uh, I think it's really interesting when you have big groups of people kind of playing a game together and having to either work together or work against one another. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe it won't just be as simple as Twitch plays, like where people just say go left, right or whatever, things like that. Maybe they might add some like really interesting um, mechanics to it or something like that to where, I don't know, like you can you know, I guess fight against other people in, in the Twitch chat or something or, you know, something like that. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, and they could do a lot of crazy things. And that's why I'm kind of excited for Ascent, uh, Ascension. So next up, we have uh, Resident Evil news. So on the same day as the Silent Hill showcase, we had a Resident Evil showcase. We got a new trailer for the Winters expansion, which is the DLC that's coming out for, or I guess came out if you're listening to this on the day it released. Um, the DLC came out for Resident Evil Village. It's called the Winter's Expansion. It's a new narrative campaign starring Ethan's daughter, Rose. It can be bought separately, or it's a part of the larger Resident Evil Village Gold Edition package, which also includes the new third-person mode uh, for the main campaign and new content in the game's action-packed merc- mercenaries mode. And I took this right out of the press release, so <laughs> those aren't my words. <laughs> Um, it even lets you play as uh, Lady Demetrice herself. However, she is shorter if you're playing as her, which people are really angry about. Um, yeah, so uh, did you guys see this trailer? Are you guys interested in... Vill- did everyone beat Village here? Or? I think so, right? Um, I actually... I haven't beat Village. Uh, I got... I, I think where I ended up stopping was um a little ways after beating the uh the puppet girl and i needed to go to like the swamp or like the factory okay to deal with the one dude yeah you're close to the end there i would not watch this trailer because this trailer has spoilers if i were you so (laughs) avoid that um yeah i mean i'm not super interested in going back to village after like going to this expansion after playing village 
I don't know if you feel differently, Rick. Not particularly. Um, I didn't even play the Mercenaries mode on it. Like, I remember the Resident Evil 4 Mercenaries mode was awesome, but I haven't really played much um, since. And honestly, I beat it. I think I have closure with Resident Evil 8. Like, I think yeah. I'm fine. Like, the last little ending part, that was enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I don't need more from that story. I, I don't care for uh, Ethan's daughter at this point. Um, I barely care yeah. for Ethan. <laughs> exactly. They also announced uh, Resident Evil. Oh, one thing about the, the third person mode, which is interesting, I guess, is that uh, if you move the camera to try and see Ethan's face, he'll keep turning away. Like they don't want you to look at like they don't want you to see Ethan's face for some reason. So in this entire time, like he's just away from the camera. I don't know why, but um, Resident Evil Reverse was finally announced as coming out. And if you guys remember, this was supposed to be the multiplayer mode that came out with Resident Evil Village. And then it got delayed and delayed and delayed. And now it's finally coming out. It is a third person multiplayer game. Uh, where you can play as the different characters throughout the Resident Evil series, and it is like four on four. Um, they had a beta for it a while ago. I think I tried yeah, the beta. I played it. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's anything to talk about. No, it was it was weird. Yeah, it was very strange. Uh, if you do own RE8, you will have access to this. Um, Capcom plans to support it with multiple updates and post-launch content. If you're interested in that, I don't think there's enough room in the multiplayer live service game space for this to stay viable long. So if you are interested in it, try to play it now before they inevitably shut down servers next year. They also announced cloud versions of RE7, uh, RE2, Village, and then RE3 Remake coming to Switch. Uh, all of these will have demos and it will let uh, people like kind of check out their connection to make sure it runs well before they can buy it. Resident Evil 2, the cloud version, releases on November 11th. Uh, after that, RE3 is on November 18th. And then RE7 is on December 16th. So they're kind of pacing it so you can play them in order. And then finally, this is going to be uh, what I think Rick is going to be the most excited about. RE4 Remake gameplay. We saw an extended demo of it. Um, Leon can now shoot and move at the same time. Gameplay looks a lot like RE2 and RE3 remakes with like the better camera getting rid of the tank controls. Visually, it looks great. The setting is very reminiscent of the village in village. And then, uh, pre-orders are now available and it will be releasing on, uh, March 24th of 2023. And it's only $59.99. They're not doing the $10, uh, upcharge or anything like that. If you buy the last-gen version, you get the current-gen version for free. Rick, take it away. All right. So after watching this gameplay trailer, they did change some things up, which has to be expected. You can't just have a carbon copy. Um, honestly, it showed probably the first, say, 10 minutes of gameplay, like after the initial like intro story which uh, luckily is fresh in my mind because I have Resident Evil 4 uh, VR. So I'd recently played that. So far, I like it. Um, I'm excited to see kind of what they do. If they're still kind of doing this like remake, kind of revamp thing like they did with Resident Evil 2. 
see if there's something that could like kind of stalk you that you can't really have any control over like they do with the uh, what Mr. X. But even if they don't, it looks like a solid game. The gameplay looks very seamless. They do keep some elements that were in Resident Evil 4, uh, mainly the button mashing. Uh, you see a few times where you kind of get your grapple and you have to button mash to get out of the grapple. Yeah, I saw him parry a chainsaw with a knife. <laughs> it was it was a knife or a pistol. I guess it was it probably like a knife, knife, but it could have been a pistol. Yeah. Guess, yeah. But and that that's something that's definitely new because I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure I talked about this many times, but in the first ten minutes of Resident Evil Four, you it's basically like they throw you into the fire and it's like okay, cool, survive, and that's kind of what they showed you. And every time you ran that chainsaw guy, if you get close enough, it's a one-hit kill. You're just dead. Just saws your head right off. Like, so adding some quality of life improvements make it a little bit better. Especially parrying that motherfucker. But honestly, if that's any indication of what's to come, honestly, I think the quality of life improvements are definitely going to work for this game. Do you there's think a- there's going to be any RE for fatigue? With the VR version just coming out last year, now this one, or the, it was this year, or last year. I think it, it was either late last year, or early this year. Yeah, either way, it came out recently, and then now this one is coming out. I think there's a a Switch version that was released recently too, like a, just a port of the old version. Um, Honestly, there's ports of the old version on fucking everything from PS2 to PS5. Yeah, so do you think this is... Do you think it'll still recapture the same magic that I think RE2 did? Because that was like so long between revisiting that. More people probably have revisited this one recently, so... Yeah, but we also have to look into context. Like, this came out in 2004. It's been almost 20 years. Um, That is true. So... Yeah, there's been ports of this game for just about every system since, you know, PS2. Um, but we haven't had a solid remake of it. And I, I think just it's going to... The difference between the original to the remake just seems so huge for RE2. And this one, it seems like RE4 was the first one that was like kind of modern. Over the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. But also you had to like stop and shoot. Um, there's also a lot of, like, I think, uh, like, quality of life, um, aspects of Mm -hmm. how they can kind of make this game better. I think they will shine, because Resident Evil 4 doesn't have a lot of replayability, in my opinion, mainly due to a couple of escort quests that are just, that bog the game down and just make it really this They should definitely take the, the option to, or the opportunity to correct those for the remake. Or at least make them slightly more simple. Because, like, this is the basis of, like, Bioshock Infinite is so great, mainly because I played this game. Like, having, like, that, instead of an escort quest, actually a helper that'll help you out. Kind of like Last of Us. You know, like, because I have so many bad memories from this game, like, <laughs> those games shine so much, like, brighter. Um, so, I'm, hopefully, if they kind of tweak that a bit, um, then I am... 100% all about this. Chance, does this... I know you enjoyed 7 and Village. 
Um, mm-hmm. Does this do anything for you? Are you interested in four remake? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know me. I'm. I mean, I don't know. It's like the uh, it's a remake. I don't. I'm not sure. Like I see when it comes like when it comes to me, like I'm not like a Zach. I'm not like you know I'm as much as a coward as Zach. I would say, <laughs> but like <laughs> I mean, no um, one's as much I don't. Of a I don't ever. <laughs> I don't ever seek out horror games. You know what I mean? Like, um. So like it's. Like I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd go out of my way to play Resident Evil remake. Like when I played. I think what um village was coming what did I, why did I play seven I forget I think village was announced and it looked interesting and so I played seven and then seven was good and then you know I played you know I played village and I mean I know Resident Evil 4 it's like a whole different thing right I mean isn't it all like part of the same universe essentially like I don't know like, it, it, there's so many Resident Evils I, I have no idea about like the story or anything like I kind of feel like I should probably start it <laughs> at yes. the first game and work my way up. So it's like the same organization or the same T virus affecting it. There's different characters you play as. There is some interlap. Like I saw Ada Wong, uh, who was in RE2 remake, probably in the RE2 original um, as well. And uh, she's now in this one. So there's some overlap between the characters. I don't know if we're going to end up seeing Jill or uh, um, Claire Redfield, right? Yeah. Claire and Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine. Yeah, and I, I don't Kennedy. know if we'll end up seeing them or anybody else from the others, Barry. but I think with them kind of having the two different, like the remake and the the new series kind of going back and forth, they might incorporate some of like the RE7 lore or RE Village lore into this. Anything else to add for RE4 remake <laughs> or Resident Evil in general? It seems like they had a lot less when you compare it to like the Silent Hill blowout. And I'm sure if they had known about the Silent Hill thing, they wouldn't have been like, let's do this on the same day. But it's like <laughs> two separate marketing machines, you know, with Capcom and Konami. So uh, it is crazy to see we're going to be getting, well, we might possibly be getting remakes for Silent Hill and Resident Evil in the same year. But that's madness. Speaking of uh, games coming out in 2023, uh, let's talk about is 2023 the year of survival horror or like horror games in general. So we have the Dead Space remake coming out January 27th. Um, if you go slightly before that, December 8th, we have uh, Callisto Protocol. I haven't put this on this list, but if you just count like a 12 month period, um, then we have Dead Island 2 coming out February 3rd. Then we have Sons of the Forest coming out February 23rd. Resident Evil Remake March 24th. Uh, at some point, we're supposed to get an Al- uh, get out Alan Wake 2, but again, that might be delayed. Um, Layers of Fears is also coming out next year, or at least planned for next year. Fort Solace, which is the uh, space survival horror a game from like a double a indie developer uh that is also slated for next year there's also texas chainsaw massacre which is a 3v4 asymmetrical game but it is coming to game pass and it is kind of a taking on the horror whole genre thing and then uh silent hill 2 remake um they haven't officially said 2023 
but this is taking into account the rumors and the statements from the uh, Bloober Team CEO. But if all of those hit, is is this going to be the the major theme of twenty twenty three survival horror? Possibly. It's gonna <laughs> if they're all be, yeah, if they're all good, it's gonna be better than what the twenty twenty one theme of time reversal, time loops, <laughs> time loops. That was a good year. It was a good year. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the theme this year? Delays. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is true. Well, let's start off with Elden Ring, and then like nothing. I and mean, Horizon, immortality. You know, we're getting Somerville. There's stuff here and there. It's just the highs are really high this year, but there are like not as many of them. If that makes sense, but oh yeah, either way, twenty twenty three. These are going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm already starting to get my list together because it is tomorrow is November. If you're listening to this on the day this is released, so you know can't fucking stop that month. <laughs> so we're gonna have to start working on that list. That's a an office reference for those of you who don't know. Subpar subtitles. Wow. <laughs> But yeah, let's move on to subpar subtitles. So subpar subtitles is a game we like to end the podcast with, where I basically take the principle that game developers like naming their console with franchise colon subtitle, and that's S-U-B hyphen T-I-T-L-E. For example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, We've been keeping track of uh, scores all year. Uh, You basically... So I basically intermix a uh, fake subtitle with a bunch of real ones, uh, our panel's job is to find out which one is the fake one. Uh, you get three points for finding out the fake one. We've been keeping track of scores all year. Uh, scores are currently uh, Zach with 21, Rick with 18, Chance with 3. This is Rick's chance to uh, kind of gain on Zach when he's being a coward. You guys ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Off Planet. Legal Lockdown. The first riddle, Joker three, and Arbiter's Mark. Uh, all those I'll read those again for those of you listening at home. Off planet, legal lockdown, the first riddle, Joker three, and Arbiter's Mark. Uh Rick, since you are higher than chance in terms of points, why don't you go? Arbiter's Mark. Arbiter's Mark for Rick. Chance, what is your choice? Uh, C. C, the first riddle for Chance. Uh, you guys have the option to either keep your answers, you'll get three points if correct, or you can choose to say all real or all fake. If you say all real or all fake, and that is indeed the case, you will get a total of six points. So Chance, what do you decide? I'll just stay with my answer, I guess. Chance is staying, Rick. All fake. Rick is saying all fake. So answers are locked in. Uh, synced off planet. Real game. <laughs> Legal lockdown. Not a real game. Uh, the Academy. The first riddle. Real game. Dragon Quest Monsters. Joker 3. Real game. And L Seal Arbiter's Mark. Real game. So points don't change at all. Uh, thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, 
Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns, or talk about how how much of a coward Zach is at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media. On Twitter, we are at T-U-G-P-O-D. On Instagram, we are at T-U-G underscore P-O-D. On Reddit, we are at R slash TugPod. On Facebook, we're the Untitled Gaming Podcast. And on Twitch, we are twitch.tv slash TugPod. Uh, we also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One-star review for every other 